Hey, welcome to the Derek's Live. I'm your host, Sean Derek. I'm here with my beautiful, sexy wife, Emily Derek. Emily, how you doing tonight? I am good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Glad to be here. It's been a been a long holiday weekend this weekend and just settling in. We're uh tried shooting this thing last night and didn't work we just fought technical problem after technical problem after technical and problem toddler after toddler yes, and that toddler. was a technical problem <laughs> so the, the joys of parenting and podcasting at the same time and having careers and trying to homeschool and all that fun stuff that comes into the equation in doing this so we're uh we're a day late and a dollar short here but paying nonetheless here we are so good football weekend oh it was a great football weekend oh, florida gators yes go gators chomp chomp bringing it home versus utah on yes Saturday we were supposed night. to lose that game we were unranked and we beat what was utah number seven, seven? i think yeah. coming in so not no more not no more so they played a good game. It was close, very entertaining, back and forth. I don't know if you missed that or not. Fourth quarter oh, was man. just absolutely Probably, awesome. I think the best game of the weekend, Yeah, in my opinion. So Definitely. LSU, Florida State was pretty good last night. That was on that Sunday, was yeah. a good game. Um, and then there was I, a game tonight, I can't tonight, believe Florida right? State pulled it. Hey, I think yeah. uh, it was Clemson and uh, Georgia Tech was playing. Clemson was up pretty pretty heavily yeah, when pretty we high. started. So, um, But, you know, I don't I don't know what – we love – college football it's a, a big part of our year we look forward to it and uh, we live just outside of Gainesville and uh, absolutely love everything about football season the uh, the community and the fandom and the campus life and being around the college and it's it's one of the reasons we moved up here so very happy college football's back yes so don't don't bother us on Saturdays <laughs> for at least the next twelve weeks. Or bother us, but you have to come to our house yeah, and watch you football. Come over and watch football. So that's that's the rule. Games on. You're only allowed to talk during commercial breaks. For sure. <laughs> so <clears throat> everything seemed to kind of go wrong, and and uh, it, it's just been it's been fun. Even today, we were trying to get ready for this today, and. Um, it's been just been well, and we've started talking about this episode probably even before we started planning our first episode yeah. and our first live this was one of the very first things we've really talked about in depth so we've been talking about this subject for weeks yeah and i you know we we kind of we got on this because as we were putting out content um over the last year or so we've been doing stuff on on different social media platforms and a lot of people you know, when we talked about church it really resonated with them yeah and so um if you didn't catch the the title of the podcast we're we're talking about church hurt today and, and you've left your church. Now what, what does that look like? And so I want to get like a disclaimer out of the way pretty quick here though. Right. Um, we want you to understand that like our goal here is not to drive a wedge of division, right? If, if you're in a church and you're happy and you're flourishing, stay in the body that you're in. Don't pull yourself out just because and feed that body right yeah be a part of it be productive what's the there's just some crazy statistic that it's like only 20 percent of people who go to church are actually active oh, in their yeah. church it's a very small very number. small number comparatively um and so you know there's a lot of moving parts in that ministry that you're involved in if you're not fo- you know functioning in one of those parts plug yourself in somewhere and do something yeah. um you know don't just talk about it be about it yeah. so um, but what, what our hope and our heart is with this episode is, is there are, um, the more and more that we talk to people and, and kind of have these behind the scenes discussions 
Um, we get a lot of uh, text messages and instant messages online and, and people reaching out. And this, like, hey, I'm, I'm in the wilderness right now. I've left the church, but I still love Jesus, and I just don't know what to do. It's just a weird place to be. Yeah. Um, and so our, our heart is, is that we can help those people who, who feel like they've, they've lost, right? Like they feel like they don't have a place anymore. They've been hurt and broken by, by men and women. Um, I mean, here's the reality, right? We're all hurt people and hurt people hurt Hurt people. people. Um, and so there, there's a lot that's going on in, in ministry today that is, is all over the place. Right. Um, but we, we want you to understand that you're not alone in that that walk. That that just because you've walked away from Jesus or walked away from the church doesn't mean that you can't love Jesus too. And it doesn't mean you can't have community outside of that. And yeah. so we want to be the bridge for that. Um so to to understand that though, Emily, we really like to to go back and, and kind of focus that thought. Um, you really have to understand some of the things in, that are going on in the church today, right? So, and they're in the church, unfortunately, um, it's kind of become a joke, which is really upsetting. Uh, as we were preparing for this episode, um, we got on YouTube and just kind of looked around through Google and it, you type in church scandal in the year and it is just nonstop. I think the first like two pages of search results were just things that had come up in like the last four weeks. Yeah. For, mm. It's become a joke and it's so disheartening as a Christian, as somebody who believes in the word of God and who believes in what it stands for, for it to have become such a scandal and such a joke on so many different levels. <clears throat> it's sickening. So, I mean, we've watched, we've come across a couple of commercials for like Netflix specials mm-hmm. and sitcoms that basically just <laughs> make fun of the church in general and it like the prosperity and like we're only doing like one of the comments on one of those sitcoms was we're only doing this so that everybody will know our name and that we'll, you know, get rich. And it's all about the fancy hat and well, the, it, the dress. It's almost like Hollywood is the punch has made the church, the punchline, punch yeah. you know? And so there's there's very little integrity or credibility anymore when you talk about um, being in ministry or, um, you know, we were talking earlier about seeing pastors rolling around with, um, you know, they're, you know, I'm a pastor bumper sticker and they've got their reserved um, parking spots everywhere and clergy this. And it's a, it's a badge that, that people wear um, to try and almost gain prestige in life. Right. Um, and, and I don't think there's anything wrong with respecting the pulpit. Right. But I think when, when the insecurity in us seeks out the validation because we're in ministry and we expect to be treated differently or, or held to a higher esteem than our brother, who's maybe not standing on the pulpit, but maybe serving in the sound booth or, um, you know, or, ushering or, I mean, or whatever or working yeah. and supporting the church through, through business finances I mean, you know we're not any different um and so I, I think that like that taking all that into consideration it, it really has become this thing where it's the the world recognizes that um you know there's you hear stories 
um, and headlines every single week. It seems like that there's there's another sex scandal, or there's been um, you know more money spent on on frivolous things, or you know a or pa- laundered. Or, I mean, yeah. it's not even like frivolous; it's downright illegal. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a country song about holy water and pastors <laughs> pastors selling, um, you know, that, that came. You know, I love the song. It's a great song, it's a song but it's it's but it's the it, reality right, that it's, that where it perpetuates exactly it, what we're seeing exactly. in the church. So I think that you know we as as Christians have kind of allowed these things to occur and just stood by and been silent for so long. Um, it it's only been pretty recently that the, the Catholic Church has even recognized publicly some of the stuff that's gone on there. Um, and even then so much is still not addressed. It's just been swept away and you don't talk about it. And, and it's, it's not just the Catholic church. That's just an easy one to talk about because everybody knows about it. Um, you know, there's the the Southern Baptists are doing the same thing right now. So it's, it's not, it's not just this, this contained, um, you know, one-off situation. And it, it's not just sex scandals. Like I said, you know, you, you see, um, you, you know, these preachers talking about prosperity and, and teaching the prosperity gospel that doesn't have any accountability to it. And they run around in their, you know, luxurious lifestyles. And I, I think I, I saw an article about a pastor who got robbed on the pulpit and just the jewelry that the thief's got that he was wearing was worth more than a million dollars on the pulpit. Um, and so those things just don't, they don't, they don't add up. They're, they're not biblical. Yeah. Right. And so when we allow those things to happen, it makes it very difficult for us to be taken seriously in the world. But something that's kind of interesting is this is not a new phenomenon. This is not a night or a 2020. It's really not like, you know, thing that's just now happening or even like in the last couple of decades, this dates back biblically to, I mean, it dates back all the way back to the beginning because sin is sin, but really Jesus confronted this with the Pharisees in the New Testament. So it, and specifically in Matthew 23, he lists some of the things that he saw in the church that in the, the tabernacle with the Pharisees that really didn't line up. And that's not all that different from what, what it is that we are seeing today. It's really not. Emily, why don't we dive into uh, Matthew 23? I think we've got a couple scriptures here. Um, and, and this is all Jesus talking. Emily, yeah. why don't you take us so there? This is red letter. So this is is Jesus talking. He's, he's up on the mountain and he's talking to the crowd and to the disciples. And I'm starting in verse four and I'm going to read just a couple scriptures here. It says, um, they, as in the Pharisees, they tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Well, I think we, we see a lot in ministry, um, these pastors or, or ministers that surround themselves with people um, to do in the name of Jesus, yeah. right? Um, unfortunately, a lot of the doing that goes on is self-serving. Yeah. Um, and that's not all the case. Like, listen, there are, I want you to understand there are some, there's phenomenal men and women of God serving in ministry who are selfless and love the Lord and would give you anything that they could give you to provide for you. There really are. I've, I've served and have the pleasure of knowing some phenomenal people in ministry. Um, but that's not everybody, right? There's, right. there's, there's going to be some bad seeds, and these aren't reasons to walk away from your flourishing church. Right. And again, if you're in a flourishing church and you're happy where you're at, um, 
stay there. Yeah. You know, we just want you to see um, when we walked away, some of the things that we we looked at and we're seeing in ministry as leaders and, and some of the things that you have to deal with. Um, well, and part of our heart for this is there are some people out there that have been so badly hurt by the church and so badly hurt by a person that comes with this title of leader or person of God, and they've been hurt so deeply that they will never return to a building or a church. Mm -hmm. There's so much hurt and anger and sadness and brokenness that it's the reality is unless I I don't know that there's a reason that someone would ever step back in a building. Well, I I think that, you know, time in the Lord can heal all that. Right. And so anything's possible. But I think there's there's a large faction of people that don't have a desire today. Doesn't mean they never will, but there's there's not been a bridge for them to to walk into that building again. Right. And look, the building is not the church, right? Right. The building is just happens to be four walls that we congregate in, and because we're there, there's church. Right. Um, the church is us. Right. When when Christ died on the cross, the veil was torn, and there was no longer the separation. We became the church. So the tabernacle was null and void at that point. It it, it wasn't it doesn't have a place yeah. anymore in the New Testament. Well, we became, tabernacle. we became the tabernacle. That's right. So you know, I I think we have to understand that we don't have to just we don't have to go to a building just to have to be church. yeah to be a part of the body and to be in relationship with other people who are walking this mm. walk and be in relationship with Christ. So, but I, I think. Going, going back to the scripture, Emily, in, in Matthew 23, 4, um, you know, it, it talks about, but but they're not willing to lift a finger to move them mm-hmm. and, and putting those burdens on other people's sh- shoulders so that they don't have to carry the load. Um, and, and I think um, m- most, hmm, I, I want to be careful here because our, our goal is not to drive a wedge or, or put division here. Our goal is just to kind of talk about some of the things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. These are realities, and I think until we address them, that we're going to continue to get laughed at yeah. as the church, right? And until some of these things get straightened out and handled, they're they're not going to get fixed, and we're not going to have any credibility, and we're going to continue to see the decline of the church in the United States right. and in the world as a whole. It's right. not just exactly. here, um, and so. But but what we see is. There's there's this thing in, in church that when you're you're trying to get something done or you want um, things to happen, you tell the pastor. You have the pastor ask people to do it for you, right? And so, hey, pastor, we we need we need kids ministry volunteers. We're going to have the pastor ask because the pastor has influence, and people do when he asks. And so, it, it's it's about being able to shoulder those things and and push them because they're, it's not going to happen, right? And so you're you're able to wield influence in ministry that you really don't wouldn't have otherwise. And and so if, if we read on to verse five and seven, Emily, why don't you go and uh, and dive into that for us? Read that. It says everything they do is done for other people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments very long. They love the place of honor at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces. And they love to be called rabbi by others. Oh, you mean uh, like this is brother or deacon or bishop or uh, reverend or pastor? Yeah, I've got you can't my, just you can't I've just call me Sean. Card. 
I've got my card. Yeah, here's my placard. Um, here's my reserved parking spot for me. Um, I, I will tell you, um, we have a rule that when we visit a church, if there's a reserved parking spot for the pastor or their wife, we don't get out of the car. That's That's been yeah. our rule for many, many years when we're, if we're looking for a church. So, um, but that's because it's not about us, right? Ministry as, as ministers, it, it shouldn't be about you. It should be about the church and the body that you serve. Yeah. Um, and I think oftentimes we see that it, it's very easy to get caught up as a minister and that, that people seeking your time and your attention and it becomes, um, self-fulfilling, right? Yeah. Like it feels good. It's, it's, it yeah, feeds your pride. Right. Everybody needs me for this. Yeah. And so you, you're almost able to leverage that pretty easily if, if you succumb to that. Um, but I mean, we, we see that every day well, in, in ministry. I mean, the term drunk with power is, is oh, yeah. accurate for a reason. It, mm-hmm. it really is. It's overwhelming when you have that kind of power in any situation and you know, you see it in politics, you see it in like Hollywood. Oh, for sure. And it's not just church. No, it's not just church. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, even in business, it, you, you will always see there are certain CEOs and people in business that, you know, they have this like, no, I am definitely the boss here. I am better than all of you. And you know, church is no different than a lot of those other places, but to be successful and to be about the kingdom and be about the ministry, I think that that's something that we need to hold ourselves to a higher standard mm-hmm. as Christians. Oh, for sure. And it, look, it's not just pastors that deal with these things either, right? It's it's all of us. It's, yeah. Um, but I think when when you when you're willing to step into um, the pulpit, you're held to a different standard, right? And you have to live to that standard because there's other people watching, and often we fall short. It's just a reality. Um, but I think at the end of the day, a a lot of it, when, when we decided to, to walk away, there was a lot of this stuff going on and not in, and listen, a lot of this stuff wasn't going on directly in churches we were involved in. Right. Um, this is big picture stuff. Yeah, This is the church as a whole. Um, we were, we were looking at the world's viewpoint on, on ministry and, and we just, we just didn't want to be a part of that picture anymore. There was a lot of things that we did deal with that kind of solidified and tied into some of this stuff. But yeah. like, I've, I've never been a part of a sex scandal in a church or, um, I don't, I don't know any pastors that have, um, you know, I don't have any, um, direct knowledge of pastors stealing money or anything like that, you know, but that, that's not what, what we're saying here. I don't, I don't want what I don't want you to do is listen to this episode and think that we're accusing somebody that we've been in ministry with of these things because that's not what we're doing. We're just saying that when you when you serve in a ministry and you you're trying to be impactful and the ideology of ministry as a whole prevents you from being impactful because people won't take you serious, it it affects you, right? And so as Christians, we've got to do a, a better job at holding the ministers in our life accountable for the things that they're doing because as a whole the world is laughing at us there's there's no you know you you go out and and walk around we were in san saint augustine a couple weeks ago for our anniversary 
and you know you're standing on a street corner yelling at people about Jesus and waving signs and, and I mean to the point that it's not it's, you're not standing there passively handing out pamphlets even though I, I don't really think that that's effective either but when you're yelling and screaming and throwing um, like big poster boards in people's faces they walk by and screaming yes. right like it, it wasn't it was aggressive yes um and we were just out having dinner like just walking it was like 9 30 on a friday night it wasn't even we were that just late. having yeah. dinner walking back from from having you know dinner and a few drinks and it, it was ridiculous yeah. but guys that's that's not who god or who Christ or who anybody called us to be go and do let your actions come before your words. Yes. doesn't mean you you can't use your words, but let your actions come before your words. I mean that, that, that street that was out there littered with homeless people. Yeah. Right. And you've got, um, it looked like a, maybe like a youth group that was out. There was some kids that were in their mid teens. Um, and they were, didn't do anything to service, the, the homeless community there, um, they weren't offering prayer for people. It wasn't a, hey, um, can I pray for you kind of thing. Um, it was just upfront and belligerent. Yeah. Um, it was, a, oh, you're going to hell. You know, that's that's not the way that the church should be communicating with people who were not churched, yeah. right? That's that's just not, not how you get them. Yeah. Kindness works so much better. Again, actions come before words. A, bo- a free bottle of water or, you know, a poncho when it's raining for somebody who is literally sleeping on the ground, that speaks volumes. For sure. I mean, I can't tell you the stories that I've heard from people that the only person that stopped was somebody who came just to help. And in passing, they blessed me and prayed when we finished. And that spoke Mm -hmm. more highly than anything else because they were willing to act when no one else was. That is what Christ did. That was what the church was designed to do. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, I think like as, um, when you're in ministry, you, you start to see some of the things that go on, right. And you realize that they're not benefiting that gospel narrative, right. They're not advancing the kingdom. They're not making disciples They're They, they really become self-serving in a lot of ways to the, the ministry that, that they're operating in. Um, you know, I, I think that you, if you've been in church for any amount of time, you could probably point to a major t- tradition in your church that does nothing to advance the gospel of God or the, you know, the kingdom. However, you, your church probably spends thousands of dollars on that thing every year. Um, it's a big shindig. Everybody looks forward to it. But at the end of the day, the only like ministry that takes place is, is the, the country club ministry. Yeah. Right. Um, there's there's very little biblical foundation to those things, if, if any at all. Um, and in as I'm talking about this, you're probably pinpointing whatever that thing is. It's probably right at the front of your head if you've been in church for any amount of time. Um, and it, listen, it doesn't mean that all those things are bad things. It just means that w- what happens, though, is is they become the normal things. Right. Um, and what before we know it, um, the large majority of our ministry dollars are going towards serving us and not serving the kingdom. Right. And so when you see that in ministry and you start to realize the just the massive amounts of, of dollars 
that gets spent on things that really don't serve the kingdom of God, it's really, really hard to, to be able to, to swallow that, you know, it makes it hard to sleep at night. Um, and, and understand, you know, the, the, the year that we walked away, um, from, from church, um, and I'm going to use this as a, examples because it's public knowledge. I mean, you can Google this, um, the ministry that, that we were, the denomination that we were a part of, they spent over a hundred thousand dollars on a Broadway play sponsorship to glorify the founder of that ministry. And in the same year they sold off and closed a bunch of their summer camps for student ministry because they didn't have the budget to run them anymore. So the one thing that was serving the community got cut off yeah. so that we could so that we could put our founder could, on yeah, a pedestal we could put a show on and it broke us like because we were a big part of student ministry it was yeah. who we are and it, it was just like this and it fed the community like that was the one thing that really did impact the community mm-hmm. there were kids that got saved in their lives and their legacies were forever changed by those simple trips away for sure and that got taken away so that something else that would that really became a joke. It was just, it was so disheartening. Yeah. So, you know, we, we went through, a, through a lot in ministry and I don't want to get into all the nitty gritty of, of the, the horror and the stories that happened. There's a lot, right. Um, but our, again, our, our heart here is not to drive a wedge between you and your church. Um, our heart is, is, is one of the, and, and the reason for this is when we, when we walked away, it got pretty lonely pretty quick. Yeah. Right. Um, we were accused of all kinds of things. Um, we were called all kinds of things. Um, it was, it was almost like we ended up on this little desert Island in the middle of nowhere. Right. And so, I mean, what, what do you think, what was that like for you? Cause I know what it was like for me, Emily. It, it was, it was hard, right? I mean, it was a sense of condemnation. Like there yeah. was no coming back that we had messed up so bad and honestly, we were just hurt. We were so sad. We were dealing with so many things and there wasn't anybody there to support us or to help us through it or even just to like be there to talk to. Um, I mean, there was like a handful of people that we... Yeah, we had one or two friends that would text us from time to time, yeah. but like the, the the people in our life that we... The leadership. The leadership in our life when we decided to walk away just kind of fell just, yeah, dropped off the earth. Um, which was validation, yeah. I think, but it was still lonely. Yeah. Um, and we, you kind of get out and you feel like when, as, as you start to hear murmurs and, and people talking and um, you don't need your side of the story to be heard. And, yeah. and that's, I, I don't think that like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like, right. We know why we did what we yeah. did and that's all that really matters. And we'll be held accountable for that. So, you know, at, at the end of the day though, like we felt like, God abandoned us almost, yeah. you know, and I think it, it fostered a lot of angerness or anger, anger at God, um, and kind of pulled us away from him. Um, I know for a long time, like I didn't think I'd ever even go back to church or, or pick up a Bible again. I was done, done. Um, but, but what kind of happened through that is I kind of, um, rediscovered who I was, I think. And I think we both did, um, you know, and I just, I had felt like I hadn't been true to myself in a long time. And so it was, it was nice to kind of draw or pull back and just kind of be who I was. 
So, and there isn't there something so beautiful of, about God just meeting you where you're at? For sure. And seeing exactly who you are in the midst of everything and loving you just for being you. Well, and what it what it like really caused me to do is to dive deeper into some stuff that I needed to deal with. Yeah. Um, emotionally, physically, um, started a, a weight loss journey this year. Um, I'm I'm down almost I'm thinking eighty pounds. Yeah. I'm I'm down right now. Um and so but it it really um it really started I read this book um by Gary Vaynerchuk um called Crushing It is is kind of what really catapulted that journey for me. Um I if you've if you're wondering what the hell your purpose is and what you're supposed to be doing here, dive into that thing and and um figure it out because it it really um it really kind of gives some direction to life and what you should be doing and how to figure out what that thing is. Um, in so many different aspects, yeah. it's not a Christian thing or a Mm-mm. business thing. It is a life thing. So it's a, it's a really good read and you'll hear us mention it several yeah. times. And, but, but one of the thing Gary talks about in the book is, is he's a prolific cusser, prolific, um, just all over the place. And it's cussing or my mouth in general is something I've really has gotten me in a lot of trouble throughout my life. And I've really struggled. Like even, even in ministry, um, you know, behind closed doors, I was, you know, it, it wasn't uncommon for me to, to drop, the, you know, fuck or, or something like that and, and have to apologize. Um, well, and not just cuss words, but saying things that, other people would take offense at. And in it, I don't think you meant it in an unkind way, but it was just like, listen, we need to fix this. This is not like, we need to fix this well, shit. <laughs> I think, yeah, like if it's fucking broke, let's fix, fix it, it, right? right. Um, so it wasn't coming from a place of like hurt. It was coming from a place like, no, this is who I am. We need to fix this. Well, I, I feel like I, I know that I've been grossly misunderstood in life because I'm, I'm a very straight to the point. Yes. Um, just let's, let's figure it out yeah. and let's get past it so yeah. that we can move on. Yeah. Um, there's, there, there's a lot, lot of wasted time on Make, fluff yes. and I don't Making have time for fluff. Pretty. Um, sometimes there is finesse needed and I'm learning that in life. Um, I feel like I've gotten a lot better at finessing, um, <laughs> but fluff is still bullshit. <laughs> it's just so we're clear. Um, but, but to say that, like, so I, I really just kind of reading some ideology on that and diving a little bit deeper, um, even into the science of language and, um, how language affects so many things, um, above and beyond just the words that you're saying and how you're perceived. Um, I just kind of said, fuck it. I don't care anymore. I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to live behind a curtain to make you comfortable anymore. Um, but in saying that, I felt like it was almost me being like, no, I'm, I'm done with church because yeah. this is not acceptable in the church format, right? Well, and we had been told that that's yeah, not well, acceptable. You, you know, um, I, I love my grandma to death, but it, it makes my family's skin crawl. Yeah. But I'm not, I'm at this place that I'm just, I'm not, you know, not, right? Like it's who I am. This is it take it or leave it. It's on you. You can turn the podcast off if you don't want to listen to it. We talked back and forth pretty heavily about trying to make this a clean episode. We tried to record it actually as a clean episode. And I I just said, Hey, I'm, I'm going to fucking be who 
I am. And this is it. Take it or leave it. Right. Um, but in saying that, what, what happened, um, and this has really not been that unrecent. I mean, we were in, uh, Dallas, Texas in June. Um, I had been following this guy named Ryan Stuman um, for a couple of months, probably six months to a year, I should say. Um, motivational speaker, uh, business-minded guy, owns a couple of, of businesses, and uh, he did this mastermind in, in Dallas, Texas. And so we flew out together, and I talked Emily into going, and um, didn't take too much convincing. Was she say, was all about me. it. Yeah, she's like, Texas? Like, Hell yeah, let's go to Texas. No if kids? This is something you want to do, let's do this. I think that this will be good for both of us. Yeah. So, And we had already started down this journey, and when this we, master- we were, Well, we, were, we read seven principles together, right. um, and, and that kind of um, blew our mind. We're going to talk a lot about that because that has changed our life. It's an Andy Andrews book. And um, so we, we went, right? Um, and we're at this conference, some of the best speaker lineup that you can imagine. I mean, there's um, Ed Milet, Eric Thomas, all the big guys are there, Ryan Stuman, um, and, and everybody in between. And um, th- there's F-bombs everywhere. <laughs> and then they did a fucking altar call. Yes. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, this is blowing my mind. You mean you mean we can, we can be like this and still love Jesus? This is possible. Yeah. I'm not the only one that's struggling with this. Yeah. And like, let's, let's face it. You say fuck at home. Yes. If you're listening to this, you have undoubtedly dropped an F-bomb at some point in your life in frustration. And you can't say you haven't because you should watch yeah. out. There's lightning coming <laughs> through your roof. Your pastor has said fuck. I know him. He said it. I've, I've been in the room with many pastors who have dropped F-bombs and said words that were out of character. It's We have got to stop living as a society in this denormalized situation that we're all this character that we're not. And the longer you keep pretending to be the person that you say you are on Sunday, the longer you're going to miss it. Yeah. Because there's so much fucking more to your life than just a four-letter word. It, people don't care, yeah. right? And there's all kinds of science behind cussing and, and, and whatever you feel about it, feel about it, right? I'm not trying to change your opinion, but take it or leave it. That's all I'm going to say and we're going to move on. But but it, it was like this this realization at the moment for us that like, hey, like there's not, Jesus still fucking loves me. Yeah. Like, like he, he still loves me just the way I am. I don't have to change to make you comfortable. He still fucking loves me. And he might not like it, but I don't think that it's a salvation issue. Maybe he'll deal with me on one day about it. Pray for me. That if, if I'm not supposed to cuss, that God deals with me on that. And judge me how you want to. He'll do the same to you. I don't care. It doesn't matter. So, so, but like, like being there and seeing that altar call take place blew my mind. It was just like, <laughs> what the hell is happening right now? Um, it was really cool. And it was just like, it was God in the rawest sense. Yeah. Right. It was so, um, just innocent. I don't even know how, how, how would you describe it? You were there. I, I saw it through your eyes. Cause to me, it made sense where he, I was watching, I think it was Ed Milet that actually did the altar call. And so he, mm, I forget the guy's name, but no, it was, it, it wasn't was, Milet. It, it was, was a preacher and he didn't cuss, 
But everybody, he no, he did. He did he, one time. He did, yeah. And he like immediately was like, "I'm gonna say it," and like he preemptive, like, "I'm I'm gonna do this because I know where I'm at." And then he, it's like, I know you won't tell anybody, right. so I'm more not gonna say his name. But it wasn't Ed Milet. No, um, but it was. I watched it through your eyes, and you, I could see the look of like shock and all, like, "Oh my gosh, this it's like is like wonder." I would say wonder <laughs> was the look. Like, and I mean, it was cool for me because I, I feel like getting to see it through your eyes helped me to kind of heal in a sense, mm-hmm. because I've really struggled with like, I don't, I don't know how to, f- my whole identity has always been wrapped up in church. And so when we mm-hmm. weren't a part of church, I really struggled with who I was and what my identity looked like and allowing it to be this, I don't know, the whole encompassing thing and make sense of it was just so beautiful. And it, it, there was, there was just this immediate sense of wonder, like this makes sense. Oh my Mm -hmm. gosh, this, this makes sense. This would have been the sermon on the Mount in our modern day. It would have looked raw and nobody would have seen it coming, but there it was. So we're going to take five and cut back in. We're going to take a baby break. If you hear her in the background, we'll be right back. All right, so we're back from our break. <laughs> ah, the joys of parenting. It's uh, There's never a dull moment around here. We uh, often, I'm sure, just like you, end up with uh, toddlers in the bed at all hours of the night. And so it's, uh, what is it? It's 11.49 here. Almost midnight. Yeah, so we uh, had a, a two-year-old with a, a bad dream or something. I'm not sure what happened, but she was not happy about it. So, But, I mean, that's... That's life. just life, right? You know, and so we're we're giving up our our evenings together for you. This is something we do after we get the t- kids tucked in and and what we hope is asleep. Usually, <laughs> um, sometimes it doesn't always work out that way, but uh, we hope that you're getting something from this and and adding value to your life. Um, when we talked about this, we really wanted to be purposeful that, that like if it, it didn't add value to the conversation, then we didn't want to bring it into the conversation. Right. So I hope that you feel like we're doing that and uh, that you can engage in that. And so. Um, thank you for everyone that's that's listened along so far. We had a great listener um, numbers this week. Yeah. And uh, make sure you're liking and sharing for us and telling your friends. And uh, don't forget about the live on Thursdays. On Thursday nights at so, 1030 p.m. Eastern. So we'll have we drop the episode, the podcast episode, and then we actually go live on Thursdays. Yeah, so and, and that's pretty fun. It's really uh, conversational back and forth. And we'll dive a little bit deeper into um, either this week's episode or maybe give you a touch on what we're talking about next week or both or, or whatever it looks like. So, but anyway, diving, diving back into where we were, Emily, we were talking about being, um, at apex and, or at million dollar mastermind and, uh, seeing the altar call there and and just watching that. Yeah. I mean, so not to give too much, but like you almost got a little like teary eye, like Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. (laughs) It, you were the the sense of wonder, but it was almost like a confusion. Like this is this this is how this can work. This can we can do this. It was definitely like a like a what the hell moment, yeah. right? So and for me, that was definitely God showing up right where we needed Him yeah. in that moment because I feel like we were seeking out God in a way that we need we needed where we were at. 
I feel like we were kind of at our, like that place in that relationship where it's like, I just need some space. <laughs> right. Um, but then like with God, not with each other, Yeah. but, but I think like at the same point, like I know like it's when we're, when we're apart, right. When I have to go off on a business trip or you go off for a weekend or something and the heart kind of lo- like you, you long yeah, for like, it. Like when we're like going out the door, it's like, Oh my God, I'm so glad to get a break. Right. <laughs> but by like day two or three, um, you're, you're like, it's all right. I'm, I'm ready to go back home yeah. and be with the family. Um, like we go off away together for the weekend without the kids. And one of the grandparents keeps the kids and it's like, Oh my God, thank God we get a break. But three um, hours in, it's like, oh, uh, the kids would yeah, have loved like, this. Loved this. <laughs> this would have been awesome with the kids. Um, but, but like, I, th- I think we, we withdrew a little bit, but it, it kind of like, we got that longing. Right. And we were yeah. trying to figure out, I think without even we both kind of knew, right? Like right. I knew you were seeking it and you knew I was seeking it, but we never had a conversation about it. It just kind of happened. Yeah. So, um, it was very eye opening for us and, and just realizing that like, Hey, not, not everybody's a judgmental asshole. Like some people just want to be themselves and still love Jesus. Um, and that's okay. Like your idea of church or the body or religion or what salvation your theology, unless it's, there's a biblical foundation for it doesn't matter. And I think the problem is that we've really followed and adopted and like kind of clung to some things that just aren't biblical. Um, and I'm not going to argue what those things are. You need to figure out those for yourself. Um, I would challenge you to challenge your theology, right? That's what these discussions are about. It's about being open to having a conversation that, Hey, my way is not the only way. Um, we, we believe this thoroughly that, that like we should have healthy debate and conversation about things. My opinion is open to correction. Right. And so we don't always have all the facts. And even when we do, we, don't always see them in the same perspective. Mm-hmm. So, um, but what that thing did for us, what that uh, mastermind going out there is, it introduced us to a, a community of uh, really like-minded people. Um, and we're still fairly new in the community. We're still starting to develop some of those relationships. Um, but it's it's just a community called Apex that's just um, um, entrepreneurs and, and people who want to be, do better for themselves. That's really what it's about. And just networking and, and growing together. Um, but it's really kind of given us kind of like a church without like the church. A building. A building. And it's there's not even anything religious about it, but it no. still has community and value to it. Well, it holds us to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's it, accountability. Right. It's it's the integrity aspect that we're doing everything to mm-hmm. the very best of our ability. And we're pushing what our ability can do. For sure. And I think what's really cool is even like through the community that we're, we're a part of, um, I think there's probably more ministry that comes out of Apex than there are most churches. Yeah. Right. And so like, like Ryan, if, if Ryan listens to this, I think that's like that probably that's mind blowing, right? Yeah. That like the ministry that, that just Apex does within the, the membership of that machine. Well, I mean, it was just this past week that someone gave away a whole air conditioning mm-hmm. system because there was a family. Yeah. In need. Just a family that, that the business owner who one of his sales guys recognized that, Hey, this family's really stuck. They need some help. And all right, well, we're going to put a, an air conditioner on their yeah. house and not charge them a damn thing for it. 
um, that's being the church. Yeah. Like that's the church, that's it. right? Um, you know, you, you, the, the organization as a whole, um, donates to it, uh, an organization that helps with, uh, tra- sex trafficking yeah. and for, for children, um, and human trafficking. And so, um, there's, there's all types of ways that you can be the church, um, without thumping somebody over the head with the Bible, um, without expecting somebody to come to you, mm. um, you know, without demanding that somebody meet your standards to walk through the door. Yeah. You know, the, the, the church is not supposed to be invitation only. The church is not supposed to be, um, the highlight reel of your expectations. It's not your, your, your Facebook wall, right? Mm-hmm. Like I want all these pretty things and they have to look like this and it has to be done like this. And Oh, by the way, we got to squeeze it all into 45 minutes because we got to get to lunch and we don't want people to fall asleep and get bored. And we don't want children's ministry to go too long. Um, let's not leave any room for Jesus. Um, it's, it's an orchestrated production. It's not ministry. And I don't want to be a part of the production of ministry anymore. Yeah. I, don't, I don't want to be part of actual ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for us, um, we found that in our community. Um, Emily has, you know, and, and we find it individually too, outside of just doing things together. Um, you know, Emily, I'll let you speak to a little bit about um, some of the things that you're doing. So, you know, we talked about that we homeschool. And so part of our community is an online community um, of other families that homeschool and allowing that community to kind of evolve and to feed that relationship. This is where I'm struggling. This is where I need to be held accountable. And so that community, that Facebook community, um, other homeschoolers that are local to where I live, they kind of hold me accountable to that standard. But then also just like local organizations and local like sports and stuff for our children. Like I've met some of the most amazing people through activities that I do with my kids um, that have really fed that need and that um, accountability partner and that friend that, you know, that confidant that I can rely on because it has something to do with something that we're already doing together. We're already doing something for our children, for our Mm -hmm. families and now we have this friendship and we can move forward together. And so there's all kinds of ways that we can find community. It's not just building on yeah, Sundays. Right. And I think it's been really cool. Like we've developed some phenomenal friendships from people that we've just have met through our kids, yeah. you know, and um, I know for me, like being in, in the car community, um, you know, I've got buddies that I met street racing as a teenager still. Yeah. Um, you know, friends that I, I could call and would be here in a heartbeat. It, I, I got people I could call that would let me borrow their truck and trailer tonight if it meant <laughs> we could get to the drag strip and make a pass. Um, you know, and it's it's just, it's about doing for others and trying to help the next person be better tomorrow, right? Yeah. And not and taking people with us. And I think like there's, there's this concept that you'll hear a lot of like, You'll hear us talk about eventually a little bit more in depth and, and successful people talk about like surrounding yourself with people that challenge you. Right. Um, if, if you're sitting in a room with people and you're the smartest person in the room, you need to make your circle look a little different. Um, you know, we're, they say we're the, the sum of the five people we spend the most time with. And so for us, that's, that's really what a lot of this has been about is putting ourselves in a circle um, that we can glean from and add value to at the same time. Right. 
We don't want to be where we're at. We want to move forward and we want the people in our circle to want the same things. Yeah. So, so to answer your question, you've left the church. Now what the, the now what is find some community somewhere, find somebody to help hold you accountable, um, to your values, whatever those look like. Um, you know, find out what, what are your core values? What are you, your non-negotiables in life and, and find somebody to walk that with you, to hold you accountable. Um, and that looks different for everybody. Yeah. Like and they need to be biblically founded. Right. And, and so there's some things that aren't going to look so different, but at the end of the day, like maybe, you know, you scrapbook yeah. and have community and talk about God for sure. Or you go drag racing and talk about God or, like you garden, like there's so many different ways. Maybe you sit at the bar and talk about Maybe. God. Oh, you're talking yes. the other day about a pastor that we know that opened a ministry at his local bar and, yeah. and they do a service on Sunday and everybody gets one free beer. Right. But I, there's some of you that just listen and they're like, fuck that. That's not Jesus. <laughs> but you said, fuck that in your head. I promise you, you did. <laughs> and so, you know, but, but like you're, we've been so pushed to think that like this, um, this ideology that has been for so long is correct, right? And just because it's been regurgitated from a pulpit for generations means that it's true. And and here's the reality, right? And this is something I'm struggling with. Maybe you can get on and tell me and get in uh, Twitter or, or private message me on, on any of my social media platforms. But like, there's a lot of skewed things in the English translation of the word of God. You know, if, if you look at the Hebrew and the Aramaic and, and how um, some of those things were originally written and how they were altered greatly to benefit King James and the church of the time. Um, I, I've, I've served under several pastors who lived and breathed by the King James Version. And reality is it's, it's probably one of the, the least or, or loosely translated versions um, of the actual you know, biblical text. So, you know, saying that, like, like just because someone said it to you your whole life doesn't make it's true. Right. Get in that book and figure it the fuck out for yourself. And and that's part of this too. Like mm-hmm. just because you're not participating in a, an orchestrated service on Sundays or Wednesday nights or whatever, doesn't mean that you still can't move your relationship with Christ forward. And part of that is still looking in the word and finding out those answers for yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't have to rely on a pastor to tell you what the Bible says. It's the Bible is divinely orchestrated in such a way that when you read it, you will understand what you're supposed to get out of it. It's, it's quite phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I think that that we all get something different. You know, I think you read the same passage 200 times in your lifetime and, and get something different, different every yeah. time you read it. Um, but that's, that's one of the problems too, is that we all kind of, you can kind Take of twist your, a lot of yeah. stuff and, and, and look at it from different viewpoints and make it into something that it's not, it's like legal text in a document, yeah. right. And argue and a lawyer um, can argue a lot of points and, and make a lot of things that aren't, but they, they could be because of the way the text was written. Well, and there's something kind of beautiful about reading it for yourself because mm-hmm. you read it in context. You don't just read one scripture, one, scripture, one right? line, one sentence. When you read it in context, it really is a story. Well, and I think we're, we're really quick to, in the, uh, 
um, interest of time during a sermon, we pick out these snippets, right? right? But even as pastors, sometimes in our, our hurry to put a sermon together, because let's face it, sometimes that happens. Um, we forget to dig into the actual con- context there right. um, and really put it into perspective. So if, if you have a pastor that's, that's not diving deep into the context around the words that he's preaching from and the, and the text that he's preaching from, it, it can be very easy for that text to be manipulated into a, a self-serving, yeah. um, you know, line of scripture. So you really need to get in there um, and figure out what it actually says. And, and so I would challenge you, like if, if there's something that is really bothering you, um, that you're not just you're not sure about, or this has challenged your ideology on something. Um, go make sure your ideology is biblically founded yeah. um, before you get in my DMs. <laughs> so, um, well, guys, this is um, I think this is where we're at, Emily. Is there anything else that, that we missed that you think we we need to cover? No, I don't think so. I, you know, we thank you guys for staying tuned this long yes. into this. We know that this is kind of a touchy subject, and not a lot of people want to talk about it. But we think that it's an important conversation to have and we value the people that are on this journey with us and we want to have that community with you. And look, like we want to have the conversation, right? We're going to talk about some like hard to talk about shit on this thing. Like that's the goal is to to kind of dive into some stuff that's that's not just church-based. Look, this is not like our goal here is not to have a religious or church-based podcast, but it's a big part of who we are. And um, there's been a lot of questions around our... Um, salvation, I suppose. And, and we want you to know that we still fucking love Jesus. Um, and he fucking loves me too. And, and like I said, I don't, we don't need um, your stamp on that, right? That, that is not what, what we're looking for. Um, and that's okay. Like you don't have to be okay with some of this stuff, but we challenge you to, to be open to the conversation yes. and be willing to say, Hey, um, maybe my line of thinking isn't the only line of thinking, Maybe there's a bigger picture here and maybe I'm just being selfish on some stuff um, and pray that God reveals those things to us too. If, if we're being selfish on some things or we're not uh, walking in line there that, that he'll deal with us on that. So um, again, want to thank you guys for listening tonight and thank you for um, all the listens that we got throughout the week on episode one. If you're, you're listening to this um, for the first time and you haven't heard us before, make sure you jump back and check that episode out. It really kind of dives into um, just the surface of who we are and, and why we we're here. Um, and don't forget, join us live. Um, so what time is that, Emily? That's 1030 on Thursday Eastern time on Facebook. Yeah. So we'll be Facebook live there on the page. Um, don't forget to like and follow us on all of the platforms, Twitter, all Facebook. Stuff. Yep. Yeah. We're even on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Yeah. Podcast. So you can watch the video if you're listening to this on in an uh, Apple Podcast or um, maybe you're listening on Spotify. We are dropping video now. Um, bear with us on that one. It, it's manageable. Um, but it's not fantastic yet. So it's, it will get better though. I promise. But thank you guys so much for, for hanging out with us and getting all the way through this and can't wait to, to drop next week's episode for you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit on the live on Thursday and give you some sneak peek there, but have a great night and, uh, don't forget, fuck your excuses. <laughs>